You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first to listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Not as on Twitter at Not of the Scribe. And you can find our show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Also, it's nice to be taking a break from the abysmal Carolina Panthers loss. <laughs> a lot of venting, a lot of yes, problems. I've heard. Put out the extra point earlier today that was bad nada that was a ugly ugly loss it wasn't it wasn't pretty at all and you know what just in case you're tired of hearing us you can always listen to locked on panthers with julian council who has a probably a plenty of hate to spew i don't blame him either it's unfortunate that he goes from being giddy about the Stefan Gilmore trade that was genuinely very smart and good by Scott yes. Fitter and company. And then for this to happen three, four days later where the Panthers drop a five point lead, it all happened so fast. Four minutes left to go. There's the block punt. There's Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown, the two point conversion, the interception. Oh, my God, what's going on? I feel like I feel like Mr. Krabs and the SpongeBob meme where I'm looking all around and everything is just hazy. What happened? How do the Panthers lose that? Anyways, it could be that similar feeling for the Hornets tonight, though, Nada. Doesn't yeah, look good for them either. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's that. Like, all right, let again, me again. Yeah, go ahead. you got to set this up because this, like, they snuck all of this in before like inactives were announced for the Carolina Panthers. This was well done by the by the Hornets by the way. Well done. All right, here's the injury report for tonight's game against the Miami uh, Miami Heat. I said Miami Heat, that's actually pretty good. The that Miami good. Heat. Hate hate hate, hate hate hate. I hate you. I hate your guts. So, so, wait, so wait, so wait, Walker. Is that more of a player haters ball or is, are we doing calorie spike? <laughs> we haven't done calorie spike in a long time. Maybe that's the Miami weight. I don't know how you yeah, could get exactly. that Miami hate Miami weight. We could try to do this all day. Either way, here's the injury report for the Charlotte Hornets preseason game number three against the Miami heat. Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumley. They're both out due to health and safety protocols. Don't have any information on whether they tested positive or anything like that. We'll see, I guess, when they come back, but they're going to be out again for health and safety protocols. Terry Rozier, we'll get, we're going to get to in a moment, but he's next on the list. He has a left ankle sprain. He's out right now, and because of that left ankle sprain, he is going to be reevaluated later this week. Kelly Oubre has a right ankle sprain, and he's doubtful for tonight's game. Remember, he had the injury in the first game of preseason. They just brought him on out, hadn't played since. We'll see what happens with Kelly Oubre, but uh, Nada, let's focus more on Terry Rozier because this one looks more like the actual injury that could keep him out some of the regular season left ankle sprain. You have your first game almost in a week's worth of time. It's October 11th. Now, as of this recording, the first game is the 20th against the Indiana Pacers, seven o'clock at the Spectrum Center. And as we were looking at the first few games of the schedule right off the rip in the first eight games. So from Wednesday, October 20th to Wednesday, October 27th, the first eight days, you've got five games in those eight days. That's a lot right off the rip. Not necessarily a huge problem for rest right off the 
bat because hopefully they're as fresh as they possibly can be. But Terry Rozier missing significant time. That might be an issue. Maybe you miss Indiana, Cleveland, Brooklyn, maybe even Boston because that Brooklyn Boston game is is right off a back to back. And so I don't know how many games Terry would be missing. Point of all of this is that Charlotte does not have a large margin for error. And if Terry misses these first few games, your shot maker, your best shooter from the perimeter, that's going to be a problem for the Hornets. No, it absolutely is going to be a problem for the Hornets. And a lot of the scenarios in which you see the Hornets do well and fight for a top six spot, you're banking on the health of Terry Rozier being there for 70, 75 games, maybe even 77. But missing the first five, especially when you can consider that a bunch of those, especially in the early part, the Pacers, the Cavs, the Magic, those are the winnable games. It gets a lot rougher going down the stretch in the early part of the season. So if you're not going to have one of the guys that can ensure a lot of these easy, quote unquote, easy wins, this becomes a problem. And then on top of that, and y'all not going to like this part, if Terry's out, most likely that means a lot more Cody Martin for a lot of folks. Yeah. Does that and- does that mean like does it mean that we get better defensively? Yeah, but the shot making goes down precipitously. Well, I want to go back to James Booknight's role in all of this, and we'll do that in the second segment, but we're kind of arbitrarily putting this out there because we just don't know, but let's just, for good measure, put a week's worth of time after the season starts. Again, that's about five, four games that you're missing, and we'll see if the Hornets can get off to a good uh, start despite that, but you bring up a good point. Um especially if it's Indiana and Cleveland. Those are winnable games, especially Orlando Wednesday, October 27th, the last of this window. You know, if Terry if Terry is not available for those types of games, then you do get closer to the teams that you would consider beatable. Also, here's something else I just want to throw at you. It's just a quick little nugget that we're throwing in there with all of this Kyrie Irving stuff, the yeah. Brooklyn game. That's their home opener, if I'm not mistaken. It so, is o- October 24th. The Charlotte Hornets go to Brooklyn. It'll be their third game. It'll be Charlotte's third game. It'll be Brooklyn's home opener. Don't know if Kyrie's going to play. Steve Nash <laughs> just admitted that he's right. <laughs> right. So Steve Nash said, like, he's probably not going to be there for home games. He's not going to be there for we can't even foresee what's going to happen with Kyrie. Like, you know, look, Brooklyn's still going to be too talented and too good. They're going to be the yeah. favorite. You, you chalk that up as a loss. But is it good to be catching them in the early part of this? Yes. Does it matter? Just yes. your thoughts on this. Yes, this absolutely matters. The, oh, my God. First things first, shout out to Steve Nash for giving out really cool stepdad energy with the whole, oh, well, he may play, he may not play. We factored it in already. It's like, yes, little Timmy, you can have Rice Krispie treats for dinner. It's cool. I'm just a stepdad. It's yeah, the same I'm the cool stepdad. I'm not trying to tell you what you do, what to do. I'm not your real dad. And I know that I'm not going to try to act like that. Exactly. You just do what you want to Kyrie. Like again. So that's the cool part about that. Like shout out to Steve Nash, but that's a really important thing because this team is going to be disjointed. They're going to be answering a whole lot of questions. There is no better time to catch them. You don't know what's going to happen with K- KD. You don't know how, what kind of shape Harden's going to be in. And the only thing that scares me is notorious Hornets killer Patty Mills is on the is on that side. So there's a lot of this that I feel good about, but then knowing that the Patty Millses are of the world are there and that they have guys like Cam Thomas who, who were rumored to be here, a lot of that factors into why I, I'm scared of this game, 
But no Kyrie Irving, still all those distractions, still all those questions to be answered and asked and everything like that. Yo, you know what? There may be no time to sneak in that one really, really good, important win early. Well, how about the win last year from Charlotte against Brooklyn? That was extremely surprising after Charlotte was awful in the first two games. They lost the Cleveland game. Remember how awful that was? We were all excited about this team. And then they put up what is a putrid performance, except for really Terry Rozier and his offense. That was the only thing that was worth talking about in any positive way. Third game of the season. I believe that's right. I think it was the third game of the season. Charlotte, uh, they they beat Brooklyn. After losing to OKC in a putrid game that was inexcusable and I'm still mad about that performance because a win like that puts them in a spot where they're probably in the playoffs now I haven't, right, well, forgot. I haven't let it go I've well really they were able <laughs> well they were able to win against Brooklyn hopefully they can do it again this year uh, before we take a quick break we want to give the most sincere and happy of shout outs to our very own Doug Branson late last night his daughter, Charlotte Branson, was born. Shout out to producer Katie. Shout out to Doug because it is the happiest of feelings when you look at Doug smiling. I sent him a picture of the picture <laughs> of him holding his child, sitting on the chair in the room and looking at his daughter. By the way, Charlotte being the name. So Doug, you could see that it's so beautiful. Doug. It's so yeah, Doug. It, it's so Doug. His dog's name is Hugo. His daughter's name is Charlotte. Uh, Doug Branson loves the city, man, and he loves this team and also very, very very cool to see that our very own Doug Branson is now a father. So awesome. Big shout out. Not I know you share the same feelings. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Doug Branson, at the, the progenitor of Lockdown Hornets and Hive Talk Live. If you go back that far, being a progenitor of his own birthing a child of his own. Um, I've already texted him that he's already losing the battle of she's going to get whatever she wants. We all know it. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch. It's going to be real fun to send jokes about it, too. I, I can't wait for that. So, like, shout out to Doug. Shout out to Katie. Love you guys. And we'll talk soon. Oh, big love. Big love. Big time. And now I'm not the pod dad anymore. Now that title yeah, has no, that to goes go right to, to him. Doug. That goes right it to does. him. It does. I don't make the rules, man. Once you bear child, then that means you are the pod dad. It's not me anymore. All right, Nada. um, Let's take a quick break, but not before we give some love to Sleeper because Sleeper figured out how you should play fantasy basketball. Exactly. Sleeper figured out the game in 2020. They released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players just had more games, that's over. The days of mindless daily busy work, that's over too. The days of giving up halfway because of the se- through the season because of that busy work, also over. Game Pick allows you to pick player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play, and other advanced stats. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Pick has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you love playing fantasy football in the weekly in the weekly strategy angles, you're going to love to play Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Does James Booknight get right off of the bat, especially if Terry Rozier misses some time early on in the season? We talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. 
<laughs> and again, I point to the lie. Yes, I. You're, well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious, unexpected exactly. ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Tell me how familiar this sounds. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. Then you have to go to something completely different to watch sports highlights, maybe your phone, some tablet, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, brothers, obscure relative login for the good stuff. You don't even keep in touch with them all that much. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and you have a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible devices required. Content does vary by the package. Let's talk about James Booknight a little more, Nada. He was kind of Let's. the featured player. Everybody likes hearing about the rookies. People want to hear about LaMelo, the free agent, acquisitions, Mm -hmm. but we've been focusing more on James Booknight because the guy's been good. The first game gave you some real substance, even did so the second game, but granted it kind of took place more so in garbage time at the end of the second preseason game. Still Booknight has to do what's it has to do the job and do it against the people that are in front of him. And that's what he did at the end of the uh, second preseason game. I thought it was cool that he mentioned he wants the wealth spread across the contest and that the numbers could be a little misleading. That's really cool to hear from him. That's it it is. It is. It is. It's it's really cool to hear. We'll see how that actually continues into the regular season, but not we've spent a lot on even some specific aspect of James Booknight and will he contribute this year and when will he contribute this year? Well, now Terry Rozier battling this ankle sprain. I don't want to focus so much on it to the point where we think he's going to be out some month, right? I mean, maybe he's out for the first five games of the year or something. That would be about a week's worth time. We just went over that, but here we are talking about how much Booknight is going to help. Is James Brago going to have a choice but to put James Booknight into the rotation and a big part of it because Rogier is going to be out? I think the answer is kind of yeah, because if he's out, Cody's yeah. not going to help you offensively. Ish isn't helping you get buckets offensively. Booknight's going to have to be a guy that you rely on somewhat. I don't think that's the greatest thing in the world, but maybe he can help you out the first five games or so, and then we'll see what happens once Terry comes back. This is a very, very scary situation because the best catch-and-shoot player on the roster, the guy that basically justifies any sort of distance and any sort of spacing, being out for the first five games means you can essentially compact the court for a LaMelo ball, for a Miles Bridges potentially, and a Mason Plumley. This is very dangerous. Where a guy like James Booknight can help is he distributes, he basically becomes another functional passer on and you get goes back to about three three and a half ball distributors on the starting roster i like it but where i worry about this is the one thing that james book knight has not necessarily shown yet is a propensity to consistently hit that jumper that is going to be a concern especially when you're losing terry roche here i don't know how they make up for the lack of Three point make three point makes is that does that become a Gordon becomes more of a catch and shoot guy? Maybe that's the case. Maybe you find a Miles Bridges in the corner a little bit more. 
maybe that helps. But the lack of perimeter shooting, and I'm not sure if it's just book night that has to factor into that. One other, one other combination I would probably throw at you. What if you put Gordon Hayward at the two and you throw McDaniels at the three? Yeah. I think that might work. Yeah, I mean, defensively, that. it would be tough for Gordon Hayward to keep up with anybody in the backcourt, but I don't mind. Offensively, certainly that. And, and Jalen McDaniels, I think, can run the three very well. I've had no problem with putting McDaniels' size out there at the small forward spot. But I'm with you, Nada. Like, book night, the, the shooting is going to be a problem because that's a massive downgrade, for, really, for a lot of different players in the league going from Terry to anybody because he is that good at shooting the basketball. But even more so with a book night so you know are they going to do some different things with him driving more to the basket that he is very good at and and that's something nice right like Malik I I mentioned a million times he was the best driver in the backcourt of anybody and and the best finisher at the rim of your smaller players on the team it's nice to have book night be so good at that to where that can be replaced to some degree you know like with book night coming in right off the rip that's still something that you can have in your bag for him once he's in the game and so we'll see if that's something that can help out this team as early as game one, game two, as long as Terry's out. But here's something James Borrego talked about with the post-practice availability. You know, he said these absences are, quote, disruptive, even not only talking about Terry, but also Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumley. He said, in terms of getting ready for the season, there's a foundation to live off of from the summer. Quote, I can't say it sets us back. We'll adjust and adapt like we did last season. Well, last season, he didn't have to do it without Terry. You know, last year, Terry only missed three games. He played 69 games. Very nice total, if you will, but only missed three games. And so (laughs) Terry was one of the more healthy guys on this team. Devontae constantly banged up. LaMelo missed time. Malik did. Devontae constantly banged up. Like, we know what it was. Terry was the guy that you could rely on. I wonder, you know, what the difference is with Terry missing maybe a few games right at the beginning of the season. That's where I like. I just worry about the distant shooting. I think this floor gets a lot more compact unless someone comes out flame throwing and improves their catch and shoot radius. We talked about it all summer. The ridiculous amount of threes that Terry Rozier hit last year was not necessarily an anomaly because it was more part of the scheme, but it was very, very Terry Rozier. Specific, you can't replace that very, very easily. I'm not saying it's doom and gloom, but I'm wondering how you basically make up the lack of made threes that is going to miss. And if Terry Rozier misses two weeks, or let's just say in your scenario, like a week and change, that's going to change how teams look at this team and teams defend them because you don't have to take them serious from three without Terry Rozier. That's a problem. That and I'm not sure that's necessarily a fixable problem. And on top of that, Brego keeps talking about these disruptions. That's the type of thing that breeds slow starts. And slow starts are not exactly the best thing in a conference that has gotten dramatically better. And if we're talking about starting, if we're talking about making a playoff spot or making the playoffs, or if the playoffs aren't made, it's a failure. Stuff like that is the way that you have, quote-unquote, failing seasons. Because, unfortunately, injuries are a big part of this game. And, unfortunately, 
are a big part of the Hornets for the last All right. couple of years. Uh, I want to talk more about James Booknight and maybe how Borrego might be reluctant to play him. Maybe this is not the situation he wants to be in and how he's played other rookies that have been on this team since his tenure began here with the Charlotte Hornets. But I don't want to do that until I talk to you about Built Bar. I'm ready for my next shipment. You guys need to be on this if you're not already. I'm telling you, we're not kidding when we say it's the best energy bar out there. Not only does it have low sugar and low calories, but it's high in protein, it's high in fiber, and they're extremely tasty. Whether you're going with the limited flavors like a churro puff or like the grasshopper cookie that I've raved about a million times. You can also go to the OGs like double chocolate. Raspberry is good. Cookies and cream is a classic. Make sure you check out BuiltBar.com. And when you go there, you can use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Does Borrego want to play the rookies? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless... Like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I, the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nada, this has potential to be a pretty ugly game. We know that the Miami Heat, pretty well-oiled machine in how they operate. Eric Spolstra, always considered one of the better coaches in the NBA, and we'll see how they get things figured out heading into the season. We've talked about James Booknight. I think he is going to get a pretty nice amount of playing time considering the injury to Terry. It might lasting into the beginning of the season. I don't know, right? Like we're, we're throwing some numbers out there, but it could certainly affect them. If that happens, I think Booknight, because of his ability to score, I think he's going to get some playing time. But we've seen James Borrego before handle rookies, maybe in different ways. Different situations were, were there at the time, but different ways, right? Like if we go back to Miles Bridges, even in a playoff year where it was the last go around with Kimba, we saw a decent amount of Miles. You know, Miles was, was out there getting run. The next year where it's full on rebuild, PJ Washington, he's starting the very first game and he's given you that nice performance against the Chicago Bulls, 27 points, seven three pointers made. Then we go to a LaMelo ball who was drafted third overall last year. He's not starting. You're in a different situation. Devontae Graham has established himself as a nice player. Terry Rozier certainly did that as well. So you have those two guys in the starting backcourt. LaMelo's not going to start at three. You already signed Gordon Hayward. LaMelo comes off of the bench. Ugly opener for LaMelo. Eventually would come on as the season would go on. But remember how Borrego handled LaMelo, right? Like he didn't, he didn't just throw him in the fire all willy-nilly. I think... Look, I've had my problems with Borrego. It's basically how he utilizes the rotation, the decisions he makes, playing some players over the other. You know, I've made it well documented. I got to a point where I thought it was time for Borrego to play LaMelo more, but I was never pounding the table saying, Borrego, this is stupid. Like, I think for the most part, Mm -hmm. he handled him pretty well. You know, like, I think for the most part, Borrego didn't want to put too much on his plate right from the get go. He held on to, he put him on the bench maybe a little bit longer than I would have, maybe to the tune of like, I don't know, a handful of games. But other than that, Nada, I'd rather it be like that than him throwing him right into the fire outright at the beginning. I think, I think Borrego doesn't mind playing rookies. It's just that 
he didn't want to mess LaMelo up, especially when you have some veterans on your team. I, I think I think book night is going to be different because you're not like you don't have this diamond like LaMelo ball who's got all of this potential, you know, book Fair. book nights. I don't, I don't want to limit book nights uh, potential. I, maybe I'm saying this all wrong, but you get the point LaMelo a franchise potential changer. I don't think we're viewing book night in that light right now. I think Borrego is not going to have any problem yeah. playing James book night unless the defense is atrocious. I just think the way that he handled LaMelo compared to PJ and miles a little different considering the situation that he was in. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I, and Borrego has said as much, like I don't want to throw a, a kid that's only had two weeks of time with, with players and everything else like that into a starting role. And the thing that I would point out is a lot of the times, Brego will play the talented rookie out of necessity. Key word, necessity. Mm-hmm. There was a necessity to play Miles Bridges because Frank Kaminsky was so bad at what he did. So we played him. There was a necessity to play uh, P.J. Washington because the front court situation was bad. So he played him. There wasn't the necessity to go in, all in with LaMelo Ball because you had Devontae Graham, you had Terry Rozier, and it was a working system. So therefore, you could bring him along slowly and allow him to absorb a lot more. That's something that we don't necessarily see. It's something I don't necessarily mind either. I would have loved for them to slow play James Booknight as much as possible so that he's really, really good and he's not a liability late when it, when it really matters. So I would have loved that. But for right now... He's got to play him because it's a necessity. You can't rely on 30 minutes of Cody Martin because we've seen how that works. It doesn't work well. It, doesn't, it never ends well. You also have, like, who else is the other guy? Like, Kelly Oubre's hurt. Kelly Oubre would be one of those guys you could possibly slide over a Gordon Hayward to the two and start. But that's not going to happen because Kelly Oubre's hurt at the same time. We don't know when he'll be back either. So a lot of this is going to depend on necessity. And the fact is, like, it's either Cody Martin, Wes Wundu, or James Booknight. Guess who I'm taking? <laughs> right. That it's a good point you bring up Kelly. We shouldn't have forgotten about him earlier. You know, Kelly did. He, he doesn't play a ton at the two, but he did play some. In fact, I think last year was the most he played at the two in the other uh, seasons really combined before he got to his rookie year, if I'm not mistaken, looking at those percentages. So maybe if Kelly is, maybe Kelly could be that answer. Borrego did speak about his right ankle sprain. Uh, Kelly is listed as doubtful for this game. I can't imagine that he plays. There's just not a whole lot of need to here, but Borrego did say Kelly is close, which leads me to believe there's not going to be a whole lot of worry about his availability for the beginning of the season. But to your point, I mean, if, if there's a little bit, even a minor setback, we're so close to the season now, maybe it does cause him to maybe even be limited or miss the first game or two. And that would be, you know, calling for James book night. Fact of the matter is, you just don't have as much depth in that backcourt anymore, considering the, the the decisions that you made. And Ish Smith, right? Like he's pretty much he is solely a backup one. So yeah, point right. Guard like only. there is, yeah. Yeah. there is, point guard right? No, that. no, we're not. We're I, not. We yes, you are very much so on the same page, even more so. You, I, you could see where I was going with that, but right, like you know, Ish, Ish is somebody I, I want handling the rock. I want him running the second unit. I want him driving in the lane and kicking out. I don't want him to be on the receiving end of a kick out and shooting. That that's not what I want Ish Smith to do. And. You know, as much as Book Knight kind of struggled, his percentages, you know, that I would rather have Book Knight if we're just talking about the small dudes on the roster. So it'll be interesting to see how the Charlotte Hornets team adapts um, if there are injuries that are problems right as the season begins. 
All right, Nada, that'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast today. We will be back with you tomorrow to recap their game tonight against the Miami Heat. By the way, real quickly, it's nice to see that the Martin Twins are going to reunite. Did you see some of the comments from mm-hmm. Cody? Like, it's weird that they didn't celebrate their birthday together for the first time. I, you know, yeah, I know. I know. It's sad. It's sad, but at least they'll see each other tonight because Caleb Martin is playing with the Miami Heat. We'll be able to tell them apart, Thank too, God. for the first time. I mean, that's, look, I'm, I, wanted them to be together for the only reason of them being together. Like that's the only reason it's not that I am longing for Caleb Martin's basketball skills, but that is something that is going to be nice to be able to tell them apart because you just can't do it. Can't do it on the box score. You have to click on their name in order to see it when you click on any box score on any website. So at least we don't have to have that problem anymore. Miami heat, Charlotte Hornets playing tonight at this uh, in Miami. Excuse me. It's going to be happening in Miami. So we'll be back tomorrow to recap that game. Make sure you tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.